think we need to change the narrative of what success is to looking at an individual person and saying, not what do you want to be, not how much do you want in your bank account, but who do you want to be? Encouraging conversation in rethinking education with teachers, authors, and thought leaders from around the world. This is EDU with an Edge. And here are your hosts, Craig Badura and Tim Holes. First, want to go into when I've listened to you speak before is your leadership versus influence. Mm-hmm. Um, talk more about that. I've heard it. Uh, we will have another group of listeners than who you've talked to before, but talk more about your leadership versus influence. Yeah, I think, I think specifically in the kids space, and I think this kind of trickles up to the adults as well, we've mistaken what leadership is for influence. And it's easier to get followers. It's easier to focus your energy and your efforts on having people click the follow button, click the retweet button, and people want to be followed and people want to have influence. People rarely want to lead other people. And the truth is, and I have this core belief that leadership, real, true, authentic leadership always leads to a a deep level of influence. Like great leaders always have the most influence influencers, some of the biggest influencers rarely lead. And so when you fight for followers and you fight for fame, it's as easy as if you call someone on your Twitter account, a follower and a fan, like I would argue that you're not a leader. I would argue that you're, you have a relationship with someone where it's transactional. I look at my following like it's family and it's community and it's friends. And so, because I'm trying to lead from the middle. And so I think most of what we look at as leadership isn't actually leadership. It's just that person's crazy influential. Maybe they're really charismatic. Maybe they're a really good salesperson. Maybe they're great at taking a selfie and looking a certain way. And we follow that person because, but none of that to me is leadership. And the way that I have boiled leadership down, I can identify leaders. And I think we've built an army of amazing leaders here at the Bay because one of the core things that I'm looking for is who do you celebrate? Do you celebrate yourself or do you celebrate other people? And it's really easy for me to stack my team with people who are all about celebrating others. And so when you walk into this place, it's a, it's a constant celebration of, oh, the guy on this team, you should see what he built. Oh, my guy, he built this. Oh, this girl, she, she's got this incredible space back here. Check out what she did. And we're constantly celebrating each other because that's what leadership's all about. And that, I think we all know you lead from the middle. Yes. And that's kind, of, that's kind of what we believe. And so that's where I think schools have mistaken it. And it's like, and I love stats. You look at the statistics on a valedictorian. Like their success rate on a, a valedictorian is far lower than like 700 millionaires right now had a 2.9 GPA or lower, right? <laughs> there aren't that many millionaires in the United States of America. 700 of them didn't even have a B average in high school, but we have built success on individuality and success isn't built on individuality. It's built on leadership and team and celebrating others. And so I think we've got to look at what we think leadership is differently and following count, in my opinion, has very little to do with it. You also mentioned success. You know, how do you define success? Sure. And a lot of times, which is another mistake, you know, what kids, guidance counselors, administrators, and teachers may do is they may think, you know, this, where you're going and how you can be successful is get good grades, scholarship, um, graduate from college, get a job, climb the corporate ladder, get a good job that has a great benefit, that's success. Right. But in following you and what you've created, it's, it, it may be on your radar, but anything like that, no. is that on Mike Smith radar? Well, I, I say all the time, and, and I think if a kid were listening to this, if you're an adult listening to this right now, put yourself into a kid's shoes. They've been told, get the perfect grades to go to the perfect college, to get the perfect job, to have the perfect life. If you do it in that order, you're going to be happy and successful. Yet the person telling you that 
typically doesn't look happy and successful and didn't have the internet when they were a kid. So why is that the voice that we're listening to? Because they clearly don't know where things are headed. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Totally. We have more computing power in our pocket today than we had when we landed on the moon. Yeah. So I think we need to change the narrative to success and happiness and money aren't all the same thing, right? Like I know a lot of successful, happy people who don't make a lot of money. I know a lot of... I have been fortunate enough in my travels and my world to meet some of the world's most famous people, some of the most successful people. And I don't care if it's skate, music, acting, fashion, you name it, I've met them. And there is a lot of miserable people at the quote unquote top. And the reason why is we all want the same stuff. We want to be surrounded by great people. We want to do work that we're passionate about and that we love. We want to feel appreciated and respected. We want to feel heard and listened to and loved. Those are the things that at the end of our life, we're looking back on saying, I lived a great life. It's typically not how much money you had in your bank account. And like money doesn't buy happiness. It buys a lot of other things. It can buy opportunities, but those don't even make you happy all the time. And so I think we need to change the narrative of what success is to looking at an individual person and saying, not what do you want to be, not how much do you want in your bank account, but who do you want to be? And that's the question we continue to ask our kids. It's like, who are you trying to be right now? And is it someone else's life that you're trying to live? Because you really, at some point, got to take a look at yourself and say, all right, who am I going to be when the dust settles? And I think most of our kids have been sold this bill of goods of, well, I got to look really good on this resume because I'm going to hand this sheet of paper to somebody someday. They're going to give me this opportunity that's going to give me everything I'm looking for. And anybody who is a hiring, firing, functional adult out in the real world today knows that that's not how that works. And so I think what we're selling kids and what we're what they're seeing on their phones aren't one plus one's not equaling two or three. They're looking at that math problem. Like, well, this seems really broken. And you know, you got kids that are not coming back to high school because they have a photography business (laughs) that's killing it. So they go to high school online and teachers could say, well, why are they doing that? And the kid can look at their teacher and be like, well, I'm making more money than you are. So why would I listen to you? You know, and that's not uncommon anymore. Do you think kids Mike now might be that they have to please both or try for both? And the reason I ask this question is you look at the people who are hiring right now, which is the generation extras, like me, and we are used to the old traditional way of you must have this degree in order to get this dream job that they may think of. Though those that generation right now that might be in that, you know, which way are they going and what do I need to do? Because the generation Xers are probably the ones doing most of the hiring and they're still looking for that traditional show me your piece of paper. What did you earn? When do you think that'll change? Do you think it needs to change? Yeah, I would, I would, I would challenge the who's doing the hiring thought at this point, because a lot of the like early startup fun kind of companies that kids are really trying to look at right now, it's my generation. It's, it's 35 and down. Mm -hmm. And so most of my friends have a staff, whatever industry they're in, and they're hiring people all the time. And, you know, down here at the Bay, we don't, I mean, we don't even really do interviews. If you want me to be super honest, we kind of have this, like you've interned, you volunteered, we have a need, we seek you out. Like I've never, I mean, I hardly look at a resume even. I don't even really truly care. What are you going to put on your resume? All your failures and all the bad stuff that you've done. And you're, I'm big on references, right? You're going to put your mom. Totally. You're going to put down the two jobs that you (laughs) didn't show up for the two weeks you were employed there. Those things just happen to not make (laughs) it on your, you know, you can fudge a month or two on where you did or didn't work. And most of us aren't ever going to catch that, you know? And so I would challenge that. Wherever you're trying to get, wherever you're trying to go, what we're looking for, the hiring people is, and maybe this speaks to you too, is you got a kid that looks great on a sheet of paper, but has a terrible interview, or you got someone who maybe doesn't look amazing on a sheet of paper, but you're drawn to their passion or drawn to Mm -hmm. their 
they're, it's not even a charisma thing. Like I, we have a lot of introverts that work down here at the Bay who aren't overly charismatic, but man, they, the art of making coffee is <laughs> brought tears to their eyes when mm-hmm. we brought it up in the interview. Now their interpersonal skills might need a little bit of work, but that's something you can kind of teach people along the way. And so I, I would challenge that your network is massive. How you network is everything. And networking is so broken today too. Mm-hmm. Network has turned into this like, I know Mike Smith, so we're friends now, and I can use that as a leverageable thing. Yeah. What is unfortunate is I can't tell you how many times I've gotten called and someone's like, hey, do you know this person? And I'm like, yeah, I think we might have like had coffee once. And they're like, well, interesting. They said they were like a really good friend of yours. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know them, you know? And yeah. people mistake networking for knowing sometimes. Yeah. Networking is you have offered value yeah. to me, and I've offered value to you. And I built this place off of yeah. I showed up to all my friends' stuff to help them when they needed it. And when I called them for help, they showed, they showed up here and helped me out too. And yeah. so most of the jobs you get today is built off of I knew somebody or I had a great – a guy told me to apply. And so I think interpersonal skills, it's soft skills stuff. Like kids got to be able to – you've still got to be able to shake a hand. You've still got to be able to – one of our core values down here is be present. It's so annoying to me when I'm – interacting with someone who's a potential hire and they can't get off their phone. You know, they can't, I, part of our interview process is, you know, when we're talking to kids, I'm like, let me see how many hours you spend a week on your phone. Like, I'd love to click the battery button on your phone. And I just totally eat. did that after reading uh, your book yeah. with my wife and I, was it embarrassing? Uh, so it did reveal we had YouTube for kids. So I was like, Whoa, our kid is on YouTube for kids a lot yeah. on my wife's phone mm-hmm. and I'm on it's iMessage. Texting. Totally. And you realize realize where your time's gone, right? Mm -hmm. And like, it's just, it's just an easy way to look at where your time's spent. That was really cool. I love, I love, you know, picking the brains of our staff being like, well, let's see where your time's gone. Like, let's just see where it's Mm -hmm. at. And so those are really important things to think about. And the world looks, you got to also look at it through the lens of if we're, if we're educating 14, 15 year old kids, let's say we're educating for simple math sake, we're educating a freshman in high school right now. We're talking eight years before they get that like diploma. Mm-hmm. Let's rewind eight years and talk about what companies and technology didn't exist. So trying to prepare a kid for what the next eight years is going to look like, the exponential growth is going to be out of, like technology creates more technology. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we're moving in a way of, we don't even know what's out there yet. We don't even know what exists yet. And so trying to hedge your bets on what tech thing or what, you know, everyone's like, you got to learn how to code. Yeah. I would, I would just say, you've got to be willing to learn because mm-hmm. who knows what coding 100%. and things are going to look like. And so boom, I think it's, I want people who are teachable. I want people who are excited to learn. I don't want someone who walks in here and says, I learned it all because I got a piece of paper that said I learned it all. I'm not interested in the kid who knows everything. I'm interested in the kid who wants to know everything. And that's the way I look. Is like I want a hungry number two over a complacent number one all day long, which is where this future belongs to the misfits. It's why we speak so much to the underdog down here is we built this place on a hungry group of people who – Maybe we're your third or fourth shot. Maybe we're your first shot because you look a certain way and no one's given you one before. But I want that hungry number two more than I want that I'm, I've, I've arrived because I'm here number one. And it's a different kid. And you guys teach. You know it is. You know it's a different kid. There's mm-hmm. a huge difference between that kid in the class who's like a B minus C plus student, but you're like, man, this kid's got it. Yeah. And that A plus student who school's just easier for them. Yeah. And they figured out the system. Because yep. yep. it's a system to it's figure out. Totally yeah. is a game. Mike, you mentioned soft skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you think of, in, in reverse of that, the hard skills. And you, you posted something through your social media platforms, uh, an article. And let's chat about that a little bit. Um, the article that, that Mike did throw out there, and I encourage all of you to check that out. And you can find Mike on about any social media platform. Uh, the surprising thing Google learned about its employees and what it means for today's students. 
it talks about the soft skills mm-hmm. and what's it's not surprising but it, it talks about stem yep. you know the science technology and, and, and engineering and math um, the so-called hard skills and that's what the schools tend to focus on the most and, and that's what's reflective on the diploma that's what standardized tests are pushing more um, the soft skills listening to you right now those seem to be what's valued more for you if you're looking for someone to work in one of your organizations. How do we get schools to focus more on that? Because Mike, I know what you do. You travel across the country and that is what makes you so impactful and such an influencer is you preach that and you preach those soft skills and the importance of it. Unfortunately, that that might be a once a week thing through your harbor. Sure. Um, your find your grind, which is amazing. Thanks. And sometimes it could be, Hey, Mike Smith came and spoke to us. Mm -hmm. Let's go on with this Harbor thing. And all of a sudden it just disappears into the STEM and they go back to the, the drill and kill Mm -hmm. type of thing with the kids. How do we get schools to say, we need to focus more on these soft skills because that is what's being valued more when they enter the so-called, and I use air quotes, the real world. Right. I, I have always, approached life from this perspective of name the time when the top down change trickled down to the bottom equaled we got it right like i would love to see it yeah. right i would love to i would love to research that time we can point to countless times where the little guy at the bottom decided to think different dream different do different and it went all the way up and it changed everything and that's culture that is culture if a school board or a school district says, we, this is going to be our culture, good luck getting a 15-year-old kid to buy in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If a 15-year-old kid, and you guys have been in schools longer than I have, we all know it's about five to 10 kids that decide what your culture is. Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah. And so if, if you're a teacher listening to this today and you believe any of the stuff we're talking about and you want kids to develop more soft skills... It is not on your principal, it's not on your superintendent, it's not on the school board, it's not on the school district, and it's not on the parents, it's on you. You have a classroom, you've got 25 kids, at some point, like put the mirror up and say, what soft skills did I teach these kids? What opportunities did I give that 15-year-old person? When they got in trouble, how did I discipline them? Because that tells a lot about what kind of an educator you are. One of our core values, and I know I've speak, spoke a lot to this, but one of our core values down here is people over policy 100% of the time. A kid gets in trouble down here, there isn't the policy is, who is this person? What's their story? What happened? What's going on at home? What happened with the other side? It takes us forever to figure out how to discipline a kid for something little because yeah. I want to make sure that we checked all the boxes first. Yes. We didn't just throw discipline at a kid. And it's always restorative. That's how you build culture. And so a teacher listening to this, if you're trying to build soft skills in a young person today or and your, your response is the schools need to, I would argue that you are the problem. Mm-hmm. I would say that if you know soft skills need to be taught, then go teach soft skills. Like at some point you have to stop waiting for someone to do it for you Mm. and you need to go do those things. You can, I would imagine, and keep in mind, I think I'm a teacher, but I don't have a classroom. My classroom is this 33,000 square foot warehouse, if you will. But the way that I do things is I give kids a ton of opportunity to learn and they succeed, they fail, they fall in the middle. Sometimes they thrive, sometimes they don't. But it's in that process that I'm hammering them with soft skills. It's in that process that I'm hammering them with, well, did you celebrate another person? How did you guys handle that conflict? How did you guys work together as a group? What can we learn? What can we do differently? When we fail as a group down here, which we do often, 
I'm the guy that takes the shots for it. I'm not the guy that blames my staff or someone else for why it didn't work. That's the same thing a teacher needs to do as well. And so you're teaching a great English lesson. You're teaching a great math lesson. Figure out a way. God forbid you don't do what you did last year. Figure (laughs) out a way to do it differently. You know what I mean? Like if you, one of our, and again, I feel like a broken record here. This is, and by the way, this isn't a sales pitch on the bay. This is just, these are, these core values are the, these are the core values that I have too. Like one of our big core values is we don't talk about problems. We talk about solutions. So if you're an educator listening to this, if you're a parent listening to this and you're talking about the problem without a solution, again, I would challenge you are the problem. So mom, dad, you are, you are the problem because you're talking of problems. So at some point offer a solution or stop articulating what's broken. What good does it do to say, dude, that your arm is busted. Did you know your arm (laughs) was broken? I can, I can see that. How about you offer to drive the kid to the hospital? You know what I'm saying? And like for us, we build an army of opportunity down here by focusing on solutions, not problems. And that trickles down to micro moments as well. Right. Like I'm talking like, Hey, the parking lots dirty. I don't know if you guys saw when I pulled up today, what was the first thing I did? I grabbed the pop can that was in the parking lot Mm -hmm. that was frozen and had splattered everywhere. (laughs) Right. Like I have people that can do those things, but that was a problem. I'm a solution finder. It's It trickles down to the little things. And so, I think culture is built from the bottom up all the time. And misfits are the ones who are willing to say, okay, those were the boxes that everybody's checking, but I still think this is the right way to go. And I'm going to go for it. And that's why it's the guy who like entrepreneurs are misunderstood forever. Misfits are people who a lot of times people who created something different are most appreciated after they're gone, not while they're in the middle of it, you know? And I just think that a lot of school today is built on this, we talked about it earlier is like those voices in your head that you're scared of your superintendents afraid of a handful of people. Your principal's afraid of a handful of people. Mm. Teachers are afraid of a handful of people and parents are a big part of that. School boards are a part of that. The community's a part of that. I mean, we all we've, I've sat, I've been in thousands of schools, spoken to millions of kids all over the globe. And it's the same thing. It's you're worried about losing a job, losing your reputation, all these things and fear gets played into it a ton. And so I've just eliminated a lot of the negative voices that can happen in our head down here by not, not approaching it the same way and eliminating certain relationships with people that aren't valuable to us. And so, and it's given us a chance to really help our kids thrive, you know, and it doesn't mean it's easier for me. There's a lot of easier ways to raise money. There's a lot of easier ways to go about running a business, but at the end of the day, we've got an army of kids down here who are killing it. And that's what it's about for us. Yes. So I think that I'm going to interject that segues to problems, not, or uh, not focusing on problems, but solutions. So Tell us what you're doing. What's, what's happening next door as we sit in your office here yeah. and you're taking that head on. Yeah. So we, you know, for us, the natural progression in this place was get into a bigger space so we can be open later. And the real, the real moment for me happened like five years ago when it was like a Tuesday at noon and I'm looking in the skate park and there's like 50 kids. And at my initial thought was like, we're killing it. Like it's packed. Like we're doing our job. Oh, and then I was like, they should be at school right now. So I walked out there and I was like, why what's going on? All of them had skipped school. So I'm on the wow. phone calling principals, trying to figure out how to uh, organize rides back to this school, back to that school. And it hit me, you know, in those conversations with principals, it's like kids are dying to be here. Yeah. They want to be here. And moms are like, our kids thrive at the Bay, but they don't necessarily thrive at school. What's the difference? And it's the difference is we speak the language. We look different. It's a different facility. But for me, education and taking that approach towards let's teach these kids, let's just take the whole thing. Let's take them from 830 in the morning until midnight. And how successful can we make these kids? So starting a high school 
was the next progression for us. Mm -hmm. We've partnered with schools forever. I've spoken at millions of schools. I've got curriculums and TV shows in schools all over the world, but it was time for me to really kind of bring all that energy and effort towards this space. And Mm so we're starting a high school down here and next fall we're piloting our first class. And so it's called the find your grind Academy. That's what school is about. It's about helping kids find their grind, find their niche, find their lane, strengths, passion, skills, hopes, dreams, all of it, and teaching them how to follow through on those things. And so a lot of that stuff is going to be built off of soft skills and I'm not anti-STEM, right? I built a skate park you got to know a heck of a lot of yeah. math if you're going to make yeah. something curve two directions at the same time. If it's going to, I mean, it's, I'm not anti those things. I wrote a book. I'm clearly, <laughs> I understand the importance of like writing and reading and literature. And I love history and stats and math. I love those things. I love STEM, but at what point are we just focusing on STEM, checking a box saying we did our job and now we've got kids graduating high school with zero direction. I think we all see that today. There's yeah. a lot of people listening to this who's probably has a 20 year old living in their basement because they <laughs> yeah. didn't know what to do after high school or they struggled in college. We see that all the time. And so my heart's for that kid. And so the find your grind collective is all about teaching kids these soft skills. So in a partnership with, you know, different Lincoln organizations and, and curriculums or, you know, can be done through UNL. It's basically like the, the most organized, authentic, like structured group homeschool that you're going to find. But the whole point is teach kids these skills. Soft skills are just as important as hard skills. Networking is just as important as being proficient in English. And then our school, they're only going to go to school four days a week. One day a week is going to be dedicated towards these kids being in the workplace. And I'm talking like freshmen in high school, three months after they were an eighth grader, I want them believing that they can thrive in the workplace. I want these kids, I want them taking classes at the University of Nebraska because a lot of our kids graduating high school doesn't seem that important. But if you're on a college campus from the time you're 14 until you graduate high school, taking a college class doesn't seem that scary. You've been there for four years. Yeah. You've already taken six classes and you've got you know some of your college credits already taken care of. And so for us, we're going to do a lot of these things through tech. And I truly believe that the soft skills and the, the things that our kids are going to learn down here are going to make them incredible for the Lincoln community. And we're going to create this creative class of people coming up because our kids already have the grit. We've got the grittiest kids mm-hmm. in town down here. There's no question about that. Our kids are kick flipping 10 stairs for hours on end a day while <laughs> a lot of kids are home watching Netflix. You know what I mean? And so we've got some really gritty kids. We've just got to transfer that over to skills now. And so mm-hmm. for us, I think technology, I think photography, videography, film, I think audio, sound engineering, a lot of that stuff, but it doesn't have to just go to stuff that happens on a computer. You know, we're a big vintage motorcycle group down here. And so teaching kids how to work with their hands, how to turn a wrench, but making it not a 42 minute class three Uh, times a week, making it a part of the day and making it a part of what they do. And so I want kids to learn how to not just flip a bike, but sell a bike and work with a local shop where you, you know, if you got to go order a part, it'd be really easy for us to make the phone call and order a part. It's a life lesson for Mm -hmm. a kid to go down there and talk to the guy and shake the hand of a 50 year old dude who's been selling motorcycle parts at great Plains forever. Like I want our kids having those experiences because a lot of our kids home life isn't ideal. And I don't know. It's hard to out teach a bad home life. You know what I mean? It's hard to outwork a crappy diet in the same way. It's hard to outwork and it's hard to out teach a tough home life. And so we've got to really take a a family Mm -hmm. approach towards our education down here too, which is another thing that we're offering, which is we've got basically two full-time social workers on staff to work with the families who we serve down here. So you think a guidance counselor for a kid is important. Half the time, it's the guidance counselor for the parent is what yeah. we really need. Yes. And so we're offering opportunities for mom because it's typically a single mom demographic that we have down here. And so we're offering a ton of services for mom to make sure that 
kids are successful at school, kids are successful at home. And I think that's how you end generational poverty, which is one of my corest focuses down here is I'm not going to end generational poverty for the city of Lincoln, but I might be able to end it for a couple hundred kids a year through this high school. And that's really what we're focusing on doing. And so I think to get better, you've got to get smaller and we're doing that. Yeah. You, you look at the service that you're providing and whether it be the degree's not going to matter, Mike, just listen to what you were saying there. And you think uh, we talked about earlier too, about the certificate in hand and who's doing the hiring, so on and so forth. You look five, 10 years from now, that certificate's not really going to matter because it's, it's not going to matter what kind of skills you received or where you received it from. It's what you can apply. Sure. Um, and I think what you're doing here and, and where it's going to go, I look forward to following it, Mike. Um, it, it's it's going to be great, and it sounds absolutely amazing. You guys are listening to Mike Smith, and you've heard motivational speakers talk before, and and I'm not going to call Mike a motivational speaker. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> really and the reason I'm that. not calling Mike a motivational speaker, because motivation eventually will go away, mm-hmm. right? But influence stays forever. And the one thing that I want to encourage all of you to get Mike two-year school. The guy is busy. He showed me his schedule this morning and he said on the schedule, a dot means there's something going on. And I don't think I, I saw part of that month that you showed me that didn't have a dot, <laughs> that everything had a dot on it. But get Mike in your school, listen to his message. Here is a guy who, who walks the talk. And again, he, he will motivate, but this is a guy that will inspire and influence and inspiration and influence stays forever. Mm. And Mike, you've been an influence for me, and I know you've been an influence to every school that you've been been to. We have educators in this room right now, and I want to open it up to some of the educators in here to maybe ask a question for Mike as we kind of close this up a little bit. Because I, I I promised Mike I didn't want to take a whole lot of your time because I know you're a busy guy and oh, you've got no, a skate yeah. school going on we're right good. now, and I know you want to interact with those. I think kids. you want to go take skate lessons. Yeah, right. That well, really yeah, I'm right be now. making a trip to the emergency <laughs> room yeah. if I do that. But um, before I open it up to the teachers that we have in the room, and we do have a student in the room too, Hunter Roddenslave, and he was also on our program, and he killed it with what he's doing on social media and the influence that he is showing on social media. Um, but thanks, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate course. you, and Dude, I look absolutely. forward to, to how this is going to grow. So opening it up, a uh, person took the mic. Uh, Brandon Mulwinkle is, has got the headset on right now. And Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, thanks for having me today. And Mike, yes, what, what's the five-year vision for you? Know, where, where do you see growing beyond the high school, behind, beyond, um, you know, Skate for Change and the Bay and moving across to the other warehouse? Yeah. You know, what's, what's big picture, I guess? Yeah, so my, I think my biggest, some of my biggest focuses right now are it takes systems to duplicate what you do. And so really figuring out what the magic behind what we're doing is. And a lot of it's organic, but some of it's, you can put a structure and a system too. And so figuring that out. But one of the big things, and I want to mention this just because I know the demo that's here is findyourgrind.com for us. That is a big part of what I'm doing moving forward is creating this career ed curriculum and platform and giving teachers a teacher listening to this might be like, what are you saying I believe in? I want my kids to have this experience. How do I execute on that? And so giving teachers the resources to be able to do these things in the classroom is everything. And I feel super blessed that I have grown my career and my network and a brand in a way that I have access to about anybody mm-hmm. from past presidents down to kids doing amazing things. And so I want to interview and film thousands and thousands of people a day in the life of their job. And so we're literally taking a production team to 
to, we're taking it to the tech Valley and we're, we're filming what it looks like to be the creative director at some of these like giant tech industries. We're taking it to inside the walls of a police department or a fire department all the way to what does an architect even do? What marine biologists don't just pet dolphins all day. So what do they actually do? You know, and like filming what these things mean, but letting the person who's got that job show it to the kids. And so findyourgrind.com in like the next 30 days, we're launching that curriculum that we've created. And so it's a year long course, but the goal is to teach kids, you know, the skills and, and give give teachers the opportunity to facilitate that conversation. And so that's V1. V2 of that is I'm creating an assessment right now that is going to basically, I don't think kids want to be defined by a job. I think they want to be defined by a lifestyle. So I've identified the 15 or 20 lifestyles that I see kids trying to enter into. And I'm creating an assessment test that's going to really help kids. Because a lot of kids are like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think they're just not sure. Because if they think that if they pick one, they're stuck on this path forever and they're afraid to pivot. They're afraid to maneuver in and around when they become an adult. And so I want to take this assessment and create a way to show kids like, all right, here's the lifestyle you're looking for. Here's the strengths that you've just kind of, you can call it giftedness, God-given ability, whatever you want to call it. We all have strengths. Kids need to double down, triple down, quadruple down on what they're good at and then worry about the job later. And so we've told kids, it goes job, go get strengths for the job and then enjoy your life. I'm flipping the triangle. I'm saying, what life are you looking for? What are you already good at? Let's talk about the job part later because the job market changes in an instant. And so my next five years is going to be a broken record about let's flip this educational triangle upside down. Now, it's easy to say the triangle's broken. But what I am offering is a solution. And my solution is I'm giving you an assessment. I'm giving you a curriculum. I'm giving you thousands of videos. I'm giving you an entire year's worth of material in the classroom to have this conversation with your kid. So teachers don't have to be the expert. They just have to facilitate, which they're great at. And it's what they love to do. And so I'm double downing on their strengths in the classroom. And so that's a big focus for me. Um, And then another one is I don't think what I'm doing here in Lincoln is unique to one city. I think a lot of cities have the same problems and issues and kids and love for skateboarding music and art like we do. And so I want to take what we're doing here and create that in other places. So capital campaigns, I want to do a bay in Omaha. I want to do a bay in Seattle. There's other cities around the country or the world that would love something like this. And whether that's me giving them the blueprint saying, here you go, here's everything I've ever learned, take it and run with it because I'm not a micromanager of ideas. And if they can learn something from what we've done, awesome. They can call it something different, do it their own way. I just want to offer that to the world as a blueprint for how we did it. Or some groups are going to say, no, we want you and your team and what you've done and create this here. And we're willing to explore that as well. And so I want to recreate the magic of what we've created here in other places. And I think, yeah, for me, it's to continue to build those things. But I have this philosophy that you're either living for stories or stuff. And I want the next five years to be filled with a lot of great stories and not a bunch of stuff. And so my next five years is hopefully just going to be a continual growth on this adventure and journey that we've been down. Yeah. So thanks, thanks Mike. Special. I want to see Mike skate. Cause I, no way. I didn't even bring my boards on the bus. <laughs> Plus there's, you want to see good skating. There's nine year olds out there who are a thousand times better than I'll ever be. Oh, I'm serious. Like there are kids out there that are, that rip. Let's go, let's go check that out. Yeah, but Mike, I appreciate it. Of course. It's a piece of cake. Thank you. No worries, guys. If you like listening to this, please subscribe. Hey, thanks, Beckett. If you would also share it with a friend, we'd appreciate that. You could also leave feedback either on SoundCloud or iTunes.